To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome to The Fantasy Files, a Disney and pop culture podcast. We are your hosts, Armida, Jared, and Skylar. This podcast was made by using Spotify for Podcasters, which is a free and easy tool for podcasters at any stage. Whether you're traveling, relaxing, or planning that dream vacation, thank you for choosing us. Enjoy the show. Gentlemen. Hey guys, welcome back to the Oh, I almost said it. Shit. You almost did it. The old show, Jared, really? Wow. That was a lot. I like that. I'm going to need to put you on timeout for that. After everything I've just told you, that really hurts, Jared. You know, that really hurts. Welcome back, everybody. It's been another week. How are we doing? How's our mental health? Good? Bad? Degrading. <laughs> Degrade. Yeah. De- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel that. Well, here's a little here's a little something to to brighten up your day. We got another guest on. Yeah. And so today we have brought cosplay icon slash theme park icon that is Jensen, who Hi. is with us oh today. Spoiling me. <laughs> okay. Oh, please. Like, I remember <laughs> being a little 20K cosplayer looking up to you like three years ago. I, I remember those right days. Now. Don't tell me that. <laughs> We've That's so sweet. a fellow traumatized cosplayer. Here we are. Welcome. You know. You live and you learn. You know, this is this is how it is. It feels like two of my worlds are colliding. Why? Like, it's like, like the past and the present are like merging. It's, it's so weird because I grew up with Jensen in Florida and we used to do theater together. So it's like everything up until this point, like because we split off, like I went to Cal- California, she stayed in Florida and became what she is now, which is incredible. But like, this is one of the most exciting episodes that I've ever actually gotten to do. So thank you so much for doing this. I'm literally overjoyed. So this is great. I should also mention like the best hug from an internet friend I've ever had. Stop. I want I want to mention that too. Up. Just want to put that out there. Okay. So I can't introduce this next part because it has a bad word in it. So boys, take it away. Skylar, take it away. <laughs> so this is the basic bitch questions. Um, Jared created these to kind of get to know people for their likes and interests based off of Disney Universal and stuff like that. So coming from you, um, what is your favorite? Are you more of a Disneyland or Disney World girly? I feel like I used to really try to walk the middle of the road. But I think unfortunately just, you know, I grew up next to world. I grew up going to world, which means I love Disneyland. Right. That's what I was going to say. Honestly, makes sense. Sorry, Jared. It's like a whole new experience for me. I mean, world will always have a special place in my heart, but we just revisited um, Disneyland this past summer. And it it truly is just so special in comparison. It's really hard not to love. And then out of those, what is your favorite theme park? Just Disney. It, It can be anything. That's overwhelming. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna answer both. I would say out of everything, it's probably Islands of Adventure. Ooh, valid, um, yes. But just Disney, it's California Adventure. Ooh, okay. I've noticed like everyone who's like out of state has like such a high affinity for DCA. Oh yeah, my family's obsessed. It's ridiculous. And then, but like Skylar doesn't because there's like not enough ride options for him. That's why he likes the 32 rides in the other in like. Magic no, Kingdom I mean, I, I like it. Like it kind of just feels like a blend of like Hollywood Studios and like Epcot combined, in a way. And it's kind of Holly- nice. California themed and drinking. Yeah, because you're okay. thinking like because the little lake around is kind of yeah. like it feels like the world showcase in a way and then hollywood studios and everything in the back is like can i toss in a little like 
TikTok find that I put that I found was oh, this God. somebody posted this video that was hilarious. That was like, I'm so excited to start with my first drink here at DCA. And like, you know, it's not drinking around the world, right? This is DCA. <laughs> and he goes, okay, drink number one, Pixar. Drink number two, Radiator Springs. Drink number three, Hollywood. And just like went around. And it was so funny. That's my family. It was hilarious. Like, we only there for two days this last trip and we pretty much dedicated like our first day to DCA because obviously I was itching to go back to Avengers Campus uh my roommates were my roommates are my brother and his girlfriend mm-hmm. right <laughs> so still family but they were super excited to do Cars Land so like we spent the entire first day there pretty much and then we kind of like did all the stuff we wanted to do in Disneyland the next morning we were kind of like my dad was like you can't drink here we have to go back to DCA spent the rest of the night in DCA Right. I was like, you know, you go where the alcohol is. That's that Honestly, sounds like yeah. yep. That, yeah, that sounds that sounds right. Yep. They're that's doing a soft opening. Way. They're doing a soft opening for uh food and wine tomorrow. And I am so ready because they're bringing back my peach cobbler cocktail that they haven't had in two years. Woo! We are very lucky with our festivals. I cannot. I think it should be noted that 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 who that he let out was so excited that I heard him from where I'm currently sitting, (laughs) which like I shouldn't be able to. But here we are. That's how excited he is. Watch it ironically not be gluten free this year. Oh, no. Some form of like a crust or something. Okay. I put toffee bits in it or something like that. I'll take the pain. It's fine. Um, no no hospital and no then hospital. okay uh if you could go to any disney theme park what would it be oh tokyo sea yeah we're literally talking about literally doing a trip running i would sell so many things and parts of my soul we are gonna talk about that place in just a minute we will get there yep yeah so we'll get there definitely disney sea and then since you have worked at all of them out of universal sea world or disney what is your favorite attraction from each set of those because i feel like they're so different and so unique yeah for sure um yeah thank you for not making me choose one because that would give me so much anxiety mm-hmm. um <laughs> Disney is probably I like I mean any version of Tower of Terror. I mean, it's Tower of Terror here. It's Mission Breakout there. Yeah. Um, Cosmic Rewind. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Both Guardians rides. If it has the Guardians on it, that's that's where I'm gonna be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Universal. It's still Amazing Adventures of Spider Man. Oh yeah, it's I wanted a good that one ride. so bad, so bad. Um, I haven't done it yet. I know eventually they're going to close it and you will find me chained to the little Spider-Man cutout in the front. Like how people chain themselves to trees. Mm -hmm. That'll be me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then SeaWorld is Mako. Ooh. Ooh, I actually love that attraction. It is really, really good. That is a sleigh of a coaster. I love that one. All right. And then your favorite Disney Star Wars Pixar, Marvel, or since you are a DreamWorks girly, DreamWorks film. Okay, this makes me happy. There's one correct answer. It's How to Train Your Dragon 2. That is correct. That is the correct answer. I don't know if Jared agrees, but that's the correct answer. That is not um, the correct answer. It is the correct that's answer. That's like one of my top five movies of like all time. It is such a good... I keep telling them every day. It's like one of the best anime movies I've ever seen in my life. It, like, I, went to, I saw it in the theaters like six times. She got me really. What's the correct answer? What, Jerry? What was your correct answer? Shrek two. Oh, that one's like that's a good there. Armida got me really into Prince of Egypt. Yeah, I did. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I I agree. How to Train Your Dragon is one of the best franchises. 
yeah dreamworks i always just kind of credit a lot of like having the best series to like i even i love all the shrek movies like i know some people are like oh well the other ones aren't that great i disagree i think they're all great but like how to train your dragon kung fu panda deceased did you see the new trailer for kung fu panda 4 oh yeah where they dune one yeah where he was like like this oh it's the perfect amount of spice and then he just eats a bunch of dumplings i haven't even seen dune and i thought that was funny oh yeah i'm i'll get into that in the news portion but like dune i will talk about but that trailer cracked me up that was so funny and then what was your favorite disney film it changes so often i mean probably frozen that's fair i love frozen too yeah i gotta go back to my roots you know your anna days my anna days and then Star Wars and Marvel. Uh, Star Wars is probably still Return of the Jedi. Classic, um, okay. Marvel, it, any of the Guardians movies, um, those three. Fair enough. They have my Fair. soul. There's a, those are the best vibes of the entire MCU. Yeah, so. They're the most consistent. They're the most balanced, I think. I love them. What, were, what was your emotions during the third one? Okay, so funny story. Um... <laughs> I watched it in theaters with my, I have the weighted rocket plush. Mm-hmm. And like he was like yeah. dripping wet from my tears. Oh no. <laughs> it was disgusting. And then, so I didn't watch it again until like a couple weeks ago. And I thought I was home alone. And that's the only reason I watched it. So I'm like dry heaving, crying. Like the ugliest cry a person can cry. That's me. Because like, I'm not in a movie theater. I can let it all out. No one's home. My roommates come around the corner and I'm just like snot ridden and tear ridden. Oh. I was like, dang it. Anyway, it was worth it. I have to, uh, now that you said weighted rocket, I have to show you what I have because I thought, I thought about this. It's a weighted Spidey. (laughs) My favorite thing about him is when you hold him like under his armpits, like a baby, he looks like he's like uppies. He does look like uppies. Look at him. Uppies. (laughs) I love him. I saw like three of him at the, at at DCA and I was like, oh, I'm not wasting this opportunity. Mine. And there's that MJ Funko the, of uh, that hat where she's like holding a little tiny Spidey I in her, her arm. Yeah, I yes, she's right there. I yeah, she's over there for me. Love but I, I love her, and so I was like, I have to carry this around. It's it's yes. mandatory. It's the law I now. Love I love that a lot. Yeah. And then any pop culture character that you connect to the most. Kate Bishop. Ooh yeah. Okay. Ooh, I can see it. Yeah, Kate Bishop is definitely it's she's a a more recent one um so it kind of still feels weird to say because it's not like somebody i like grew up with or anything Mm -hmm. um but like it's very she is me i am her that it be that way you look like her too oh thank you (laughs) i think it's so realistic too especially when it comes to representation to like find a character that's new that you relate to i feel like that's much more realistic is like oh this this thing represents me versus like trying to pretend that this thing represents me when it very clearly does not and just trying to fit the mold yeah for sure i feel like both in like diversity but also just in like storytelling in general like people have gotten Mm -hmm. like a little bit more creative and a little bit more three-dimensional with characters because they have to because everything else has already been made right exactly and then favorite disney song and a favorite memory at one of the theme parks that you just absolutely go back to or this has meant a lot to you um in a significant way big questions um okay favorite disney song i think it's probably circle of life Ooh, that's a good classic mm-hmm. yeah like when i think of like something that like i can like listen to at any moment in any setting and make it work it's that song 
Yeah, that's what one of my friends said, who was imaginary. That's what he said, too. It's like, I'm just going to pick the song that I would play literally anywhere, anytime. Yeah, and it just works. I have such an attachment to Animal Kingdom and Animal Kingdom Lodge that that just, like, speaks to me a lot. Yeah, me, too. Me, yeah. too. Yeah. Whenever I see a giraffe over there, I cry. Yeah, period. I, I was like, crying a lot. <laughs> I, love, I love the giraffes. They're so sweet. I know. And then a favorite memory. It's tough because I have so many cast member memories, but I'll try to like pick something like from like. Honestly, if like you have some of those, like when we get to it, like feel free because I would love to hear them. Oh, for sure. I'll try to keep it at childhood for now, though. Okay. Just because I need to sort through it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so it was back when before they changed like the play area in DCA to up. It was Brother Bear. I don't know if you remember that. Oh my god, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, and Coda and Kenai would meet and me and my brother were just like obsessed with it. Obviously me and my brother. <laughs> um, We were just obsessed with Brother Bear and it was just like the most special meet and greet. Um, They literally just like tackled my brother. Like almost uh. like they were like just so excited to see us and like Kenai like pulled me in. It was just so sweet. I think about it so much because they spent like, I mean, it must've been like a good like six, seven minutes with us, which, you know, in Disney entertainment now is like unheard of. Yeah, that was really special. I think about that a lot. All right, let's move on into a little bit of news. Good news. Uh, we have Good news. a couple things. We got a lot about uh, Disney uh, Fantasy Springs opening June 6th. So I am- Because I'm really passionate about this. I'm very excited. So the new Tokyo Disney Sea port features three new sections. Rapunzel's Forest, inspired by Tangled, featuring a Tangled-themed lantern boat ride with the Snuggly Duckling restaurant. And then we have the Frozen Kingdom, inspired by Frozen, with the uh, a ride and then dinner in the castle. And then, my favorite part, Peter Pan's Neverland, inspired by Peter Pan, with Pixie Hollow ride-through, with all four seasons, and a restaurant themed to the Lost Boy hideout called Lookout Cookout, and a 3D ride that's very similar to Flight of Passage, where you're literally on like a little pirate ship with your 3D glasses. I think it's going to be cool. And fly, you'll fly through Mermaid Lagoon and then the village and you'll see Tiger Lily, Wendy and more. I'm so, did we all see, oh, did anybody catch this in the rock formations? I'm a nerd about this. They put a rock carving of Cinderella on one side and then on the other side of the waterfall, they put a rock carving of the magic mirror from Snow White. That's so cool. It's really cool. So it's like a combination of a lot of things. And also I have a conspiracy theory that maybe if this land works out, which it will, um, we might get more. I hope so. Because if that's if we're getting like other carvings that are not just Peter Pan, Tangled, and Frozen, we might get more stuff. Which like I would die for a Snow White themed anything at all times. Yeah, they were talking about putting the Peter Pan stuff in the new park if they ever actually open it mm-hmm. in uh, Disneyland. We also like we've got like a well, whole Little Mermaid hoping. underground thing, so why not just expand and do more princess themed lands like Frozen and Tangled is doing? So I'm pumped. I'm pumped. And then this is really cool. If you're planning on going to Florida in 2025, they're actually giving free admission to the water parks the day of entry um, if you're staying at a Disney hotel. So if you want to do that in the summer or whenever, I wouldn't say anytime after like October. But hey, you know, um, like, that's cool that they're doing that. What, isn't it you like don't in the know fall what kind of weather I'm used to. You don't know what kind of weather I'm used to? Is that what you just... Yeah. Well, yeah. Isn't it like in the fall where that, when that's happening that they're going to start all doing year. that? All year. All year in 2025. You know, Disney really knows how to make me spend my money. I'm not going to lie. Because 
I'm like, ooh, a free water park day. I'd That's do my that. favorite thing about being from Oregon. I can go in February. It'll be empty and it's 65 out. I'm like, it's cool. still hot. Let's rock. I literally it's saw hot. somebody today. Oh. Yeah. Skylar and I went to brunch this morning and I saw somebody who was wearing a full on like strapless, just like bra thing to at brunch and like black leggings. And that was it. And her full makeup, full hair. And I was like, it is Wednesday morning at eight in the morning. I thought to myself, this has, this has to be a tourist because That's how everyone here is because I live amongst the tourists. Mm -hmm. It's just like nothing faces me anymore. Right. Because like when you are living in a warm state, if you're in a colder season, the tourists will come in wearing shorts and tank tops because it's I know it's 50 degrees, but over there it's like 10. So yeah. this is a big jump for them. And they're like, oh, let's just take all of our clothes off, which like I understand, but it's I'm still getting used to it. Well, and meanwhile, for Floridians, it's 70. It's our only opportunity to wear any long sleeve that we've ever bought. So we're wearing mm -hmm. it. Right. Exactly, exactly. Um, All right, y'all ready to talk about Avatar? I'm ready to talk about oh, no. Avatar. I'm ready to talk about it. Can I make one little plug real quick because it's staring on my TV. My TV's looking at me right now. While we're talking about Avatar, I'm going to do a quick little segue and just promote this little show called Shogun on Hulu Originals right now. It is like the same time period like we're looking at i think it's japan i believe it's 16 yes it's 1600 japan and it's got like action it's got drama it's i haven't seen an episode yet but i've heard so many good like so many good things about it but it's not hyped up so, so i'm gonna essentially hype it up r-rated version of avatar kind of with in no real magic, life but, but it's historically accurate it's a period yeah, in drama. Real life. yes it is a period drama and i told my mom to go watch it people are comparing it to game of thrones those who those who have seen it so i'm gonna hype it up and tell everybody to go watch that before we dig into some avatar stuff so yeah everybody I go compare watch it to game of thrones because game of thrones got awful well it's in terms of like the vibe of game of thrones where it's like anything can happen you don't know who's gonna die next okay. somebody's gonna die so i'm i think i want to start watching that because my mom's gonna make me start watching that so I want to plug it real quick and make sure it's getting the hype that it deserves. Okay, I'm ready for Avatar now. So this is interesting. I didn't grow up with Avatar. I only saw like the new live action one. I thought it was pretty cool. I liked it. It got <laughs> it got a lot of well, it was it was hyped up originally because the original creators were part of it, and then they they left the project, and then everyone started to kind of get like, oh. Okay. And then we start to see things like the casting for Sokka, where he's a little bit more white than we had imagined or we start getting things like a lack of dark-skinned indigenous representation and we start getting things like we're going to erase some of the more comedic plots of the storyline and this is going to be a lot more serious and focused and it's we start to be like oh no and then like the cgi starts to look bad in the trailers and we're like oh god and so i was scared i didn't mind it i didn't mind it one bit i kind of liked it it's a different thing I yeah, kind of took I, it as a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting, too, because so many people will, like, go back to... Because, I I mean, I think so many things are divisive nowadays, but this show specifically has been so divisive. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like so many people's biggest thing is that they will go to, like, the fact that the original creators left. Mm -hmm. But then you hear why they left. And I don't know, like, what happened, but what I've heard... And I've heard it multiple times. I wouldn't be saying it if I didn't hear it, like, more right. than once. Right. But they wanted to make it 
adult and like mm-hmm. more um I don't know if you saw like the one piece Netflix I did hear about that yeah yeah where there's a little bit more um violence kind of graphic yeah violence yeah that's mm-hmm. what I'm looking for um and it's so funny because the people who will be like oh the original creators left are the same people to be like they went too dark and I'm like Netflix kept it a family show right Netflix was the one that was like no we still want kids to watch so it dark. Yeah. I thought it was interesting how they were able to. And it's so funny because there's so much discourse. Yes. So much. So much. And I think part of it is is valid. Like, of course, the the child actors are, you know, inexperienced and this is their first project. And so there is a little bit of a learning curve happening with some of the performances, except, except for Dallas playing Zuko. That is, he is the exception, not the rule. I mean, oh, that man (laughs) is, I'm sure that man is best friends with Dante Bosco. It shows the way that he portrays Zuko I loved him I ate him up yeah and like for this iteration of the character like there was very little change to him even though everything picked up a little bit faster it just kind of moved a lot quicker for him but like he stayed very very true to the whole character arc throughout the whole thing very little changed Mm -hmm. about him so I loved him him and Iroh of course you gotta love Iroh, and I, I, I wish casting. for, yeah, beautiful <laughs> casting, gorgeous, and then the, the June casting, too, was gorgeous as well, everything about the Fire Nation cast, except nice for, casting. yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, the Suki casting was, oh, she's beautiful, oh, my God, Skyla looked at her and went, dang, she looks good, yeah, it was like, she's wow, she's really cute, and like, yeah, I'm really excited for a lot of them to find their footing, because I'm rooting for so many of them, because right. so many of them, like, you'll see them in, like, interviews, and stuff, and you're like, yeah, they're them, yeah, <laughs> like, like, about, like, they get it, really they get I'm it, like, they know, you're him, right, they know what they're portraying, they know the source material to a T, and, like, there's that annoying, yeah, like, fan reporter that's like oh can you believe that like Katara doesn't end up with Aang and she's like what are you talking about um but like the these people they know their characters inside it out and so it I I'm looking forward to a potential future seasons and watching them kind of take a bigger bite out of it that's really what I I wanted them to eat down a little harder on some of these particularly Katara and Aang I wanted them to eat a little bit more on these characters and then I'm excited for them to find their footing more Mm-hmm. And like the first season is so, that yeah, the first season is so expositionary and so lighthearted and so like cute, not cute. Well, it is cutesy in the in the animation that it's like, of course, you're not going to get a lot of bite right away. But in season two, <laughs> for those of you who haven't seen the animation, buckle your seatbelts because the emotional arc is is out of control in season two. So I'm hoping that that they'll, you know, take a bigger bite out of that in in the in they're, they're going to have to get darker no matter what cuz the story itself get takes a turn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But overall I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I really I didn't mind it. Enjoyed it. And I'm so lenient now I think about live action adaptations because I think you have to be. Yeah, you do. Um so and I also I like liking things. <laughs> Me too. I say this all the time like yeah. I would much rather just kind of like like I said it while I was watching it cuz I watched it all the day that it dropped mm-hmm. and I said it so many times I was like look yeah I could nitpick I could nitpick a lot mm-hmm. I'm not going to though right I it's simply just... just enjoy it I'd rather just choose joy right I, choosing joy is really important especially when it comes to entertainment right now because mm-hmm. and maybe I maybe it's just as an artist myself that I just know that it's like 
hearing criticism about your art is so difficult. Yeah. And so I'm like, maybe I just want to be a little kinder and give a little grace. And, and instead of saying like, oh, this acting sucked. It's like, okay, they're children actors. Let's give it another season. Let's give it a try. Which in all fairness, I didn't say that about Percy Jackson. Mm-hmm. But I digress. Like not everybody is going to be the equivalent of Walker Scoble, like who has years of experience and everything like that. So it's, it's there, there, you can't really compare Ryan them. Reynolds as a mentor. Yeah. Absolutely. When Ryan, when Ryan Reynolds is your mentor, you're going to eat down. That's, that's, you're going to go toe to toe, toe to toe with Dave Maggie Smith's Dude, son and, what? and win. Like, that's just kind of how it is. But like, I, I have a lot of grace for these newcomers and the first timers. And I also have a lot of grace for Azula's plot as well. Because as much as I did not like it in the first season, I see I like the psychotic the psychotic girl is coming. She's yeah. coming. I see her at the at that last scene. I was like, oh no, she's about to show up. Next season, she's gonna show up. So yeah. I am hoping that those are my high hopes for the next season. But I do and I like liking things too. I think yeah. hating things is just too much of my my energy. Yeah, yeah. It's just not as fun. It's not. It really isn't. And there is so little to enjoy these days that when you can get it, just like take it and run. I'm like, it's an improvement. I'm oh, taking yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Oh, a huge improvement. And maybe like, it's I'm like, happy <laughs> I will take the bare minimum. I w- It's fine. I will take yeah. it. I'm happy with but it. I think there's also a level of kind of like dramatics too, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, if something has to either be the worst thing in the world or God's gift to the world. And I just don't think that that exists here. I don't think that it's a bad show. No. Like, it's terrible. I'm like, even with the nitpicks, it's Mm -hmm. not terrible. It's still a digestible show for anybody who has never seen a piece of Avatar media in their life. Mm -hmm. It's a fine show. Like, let's calm down. Right. Like, Skylar got (laughs) into it. Skylar, who's never consumed a bit of Avatar in his life, was like, hey, this ain't half bad. I didn't finish it, but I enjoyed it. You didn't finish it yet. I finished it for you, but you didn't finish it yet. I'm going to make you finish it because you're going to like those last two episodes. It gets dark. Yeah. And Skylar, who enjoys darker media of mm-hmm. course he's gonna enjoy the like he saw one episode of the live action where they were like you know like they're they're jumping and playing with the unagi in the water and surfing yeah. and he's just like as as someone who enjoys darker media he's just like what is going on here but like we skip all that and we go straight into like kiyoshi island being secluded because they're afraid of getting literally massacred and he's like hey yeah. i can get on board with this this sounds like well, this is a good story they don't hold back the fire nation in the show the burning alive at all like the fire hardcore i was like oh oh we're doing this the amount of people that were burned alive that's what i said this is exactly the less dark version this is the less dark version and i also like i get i feel like i also just have a very flexible brain of i'm like i get that things are going to be streamlined i get that you know every arc that i want from season one is not going to be in the live action and Mm -hmm. i feel like so many people feel like they have such a um, ownership to this show. Because mm-hmm. I feel like back when we were growing up with Avatar, nobody talked about nerdy things yeah, the way people do now. So mm-hmm. everyone kind of felt like they were going through it alone. And then now everybody talks about it. And it's super special because you figure out how many other people liked it as much as you did. But then you also have to understand that people out there like it just as much as you do. Like you got For different you got for different reasons too. Not a chill. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like this: like you got to have some flexibility. There's right. got to be some flexibility when it comes to the live action remakes. Like in my head, I had a checklist of like the really big stuff. I had like like each episode, I was like, okay, the, I would catch it. Okay, there's that episode. Okay, there's that one. There's that one, and then there's that one, and that was all one episode. And I was like, well, they did it. Yep. 
they condensed all of those. And I thought to myself, like, yeah, they just they trimmed the fat of some of those episodes that they did not need. They just yeah. kept the stuff that moves the plot forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it happens in book adaptations. It happens in the anime and animated I'm, I'm watching one piece right now yeah the live action i've never seen the anime mm-hmm. um, my brother's on episode 900 and whatever of one piece oh my god so he's like okay but do you want to know what happened in the anime it's totally different right totally different and he's like but they did what they could for the live action like it makes sense right you gotta get you just gotta get the important stuff and then you just gotta keep it moving and keep it going because you got eight, eight episodes instead of 22 exactly yeah speaking of like the criticism and and enjoying things and and moving forward and stuff i want to get to dune really fast and i want to do a little like this is me before dune part two kind of thing uh because i'm a i'm a dune fan i saw the first one and i liked it but i also didn't like it and the critiques that i'm hearing and this is why it's important to both enjoy and to also say hey like but this could also be better too, because just like with like my critiques with Percy Jackson season one, Avatar season one, and now Dune part one is the biggest thing I'm hearing from Dune part two is the directors and the writers going, hey, they didn't like this, but they liked this. So let's do more of this and less of that. And now everybody's like 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like everyone's freaking out about this darn movie. So we can take the good stuff and then like learn from the little critiques that we have and appreciate the media as a whole. So people feel encouraged to do better in the future because the more that you hound them and insult them, it doesn't make them want to write anything better. It makes them hate you and then write things to spite you. Like that's not what it is. Like you have to actually encourage them by telling them what they also, it's like, it's like any friendship or any relationship that you have, you have to also encourage them or else you're not going to get anything out of it. Yeah. It's definitely a balance. Yeah. Okay. That's all I had to say. Do we, have any other thoughts the boys are silent <laughs> jared get off your sorry phone. That's, avatar's like my hyperfixation right now oh mine too no you're mine good too. i hope you like dune i tried watching it the other night i got halfway through and i was just bored that's the point of dune part one though is that you do get halfway through and then you get bored she's she scares me yeah dune, i'm like she's so long <laughs> she's she's long and like watching it watching it on watching it on netflix was easier because i had subtitles and i could understand everything my brother yeah he was like you have to watch it with subtitles like you it's hard it's really hard so now that i understand it full i watched it three times once in theaters in 2020 and then once by myself with subtitles and then another time with subtitles, subtitles with skylar and so now i feel like i'm fully prepared for part two to enjoy the whole thing but it is like 50 yeah. percent really good and then oscar isaac oscar isaac's character dies and then it's just like sand it's just you know, sand it's sand for once 30 I, minutes once Oscar Isaac's out I'm out I'm, I'm done right once he's done and he goes man he, he did he don't he don't just die he goes so like once Whoa. he's gone I'm like okay what a way to go but like now what I'm just gonna look at sand for the next hour and a half okay I guess and then and then Zendaya and now I have a reason to watch again Period. basically it's like Oscar, it, the movie is Oscar Isaac, Sand, and then Zendaya. So, but this one's going to be all Zendaya, which is why it's yeah. going to be good. That's what but this one I want Florence Pugh. <laughs> yes. Well, they homecoming us. Did you notice? Did you ever hear about that? That yes. they they overhyped Zendaya for the first one, and she was in what five minutes, and now she's in the whole second movie. Yeah. They Spider Man death. Well, good for her. Get I, uh, back. Right. Okay. Tomorrow I'm going to the Imaginary premiere. Super excited. Imaginary. <laughs> That looks so good. This is the one horror movie that I've been like tying to see this year. Wow, that looks um, really good. So I'm excited. I we're going like a week and a half early. I don't know. The trailer looks really cool. 
Yeah, I did. Okay. It's a premise that like I absolutely love because like the imaginary friend thing, I feel like everyone has had. Yeah. So well, like I to see a dark like out, take on that. Right. I don't know when if drops. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. They're going to have like the like cute John Krasinski, Ryan Reynolds movie. And then like the complete antithesis of the same idea. And then you can go home and watch Foster's Home for Imaginary Kid. That's awesome, actually. And it's like, and it's like, my thing is like, you're either the scary teddy bear imaginary friend or you're the Ryan Reynolds imaginary friend. It's like Barbenheimer. There's something for everybody. Yeah. Which I love that. So cute. I love it's the- such a fun time to be alive when I love when like an antithesis kind of thing happens. Oh yeah. We learned with Barbenheimer like, that like it the works. Same movies but completely different genres. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm excited. I'm ex- I'm I am a Ryan Reynolds imaginary fan, imaginary friend kind of person. So that's where I'll be at. I'll be on that side of it. I'm just a Ryan Reynolds kind of person. So So I'm- is Skyler. <laughs> As he should. Skyler's I'm ready for Deadpool 3. Ryan Reynolds. Oh person. yeah. I'm ready. So this segment is called Keep 7 or Cut 7. So obviously we, all of us actually are, we have like theater backgrounds. So I thought what would be a fun kind of way just to like talk about musical theater? Because I don't really think that gets brought up enough really. So I listed 14. So we have seven that we would keep and seven that we would get rid of. So we have Wicked, Rent, Hamilton, Waitress, Hades Town, Six, Newsies, Les Mis, Beetlejuice, Come From Away, Jeremy Hansen, In the Heights, Heathers, and Lion King. I'm thinking. Hold on. I already have mine. Okay, Jared, say yours. You haven't spoken in a while, so say something. Oh, that's because you do not want me to get on my soapbox for Avatar. I Oh, yeah. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. You do not want me to. Anyways, I'm just going to say the ones that I'm keeping. Wicked, Six, Newsies, Dear Evan Hansen, Heathers, In the Heights, and Lamez. So you're a dark boy. You know those. I'm... I dress like a preppy boy. True. Most of those but... did make me feel existential dread at some point in the show. Yeah. 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 yeah, I need to count, make sure I have enough. Wait a minute. I, I feel like I picked the most controversial takes from different genres. And I was like, let's just go for it. I have to like use my notes to track this. Hold on. Okay, <laughs> so I'm in this order. I'm keeping In the Heights, Les Mis, mm. Hamilton, Lion King, Town, Newsies, and Wicked. So you're very much like a, a history kind of theater person. No, really? Where, where would you pick that up? He said history after she's said wicked no for the most part i feel like even if it's not history it's like historic like yeah they're all kind of like historical i love either i love a good i love like either a good i love a good like social justice protest piece or magic period that's yeah, it. that's valid. That's all there's, there's no in between. All right. I got Hamilton, Hades Town, Come From Away, In the Heights, Heathers, Wicked, and Waitress. We saw Waitress in the 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 uh the pro shot version in theaters a couple That was really ago. good. Yeah. I still gotta watch that. Although I really do like Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice is fun. I know. I, I'm surprised you didn't say Beetlejuice. I feel like the only thing about Beetlejuice is there's not enough bangers. I humble brag did see Beetlejuice in the front row with the original cast. Back in the in the good old days when I was doing theater in high school, when I grew up in Philadelphia, um, one of my teachers was Rob McClure because he's a oh. Philly, he's a Philly man. Wow. Yes, I love he's that. he's start is made his start where I got where I made my start. So he would come back and work with us and teach us every now and then and 
Uh, I went to go see him in Honeymoon in Vegas, got to do a backstage tour with him. So he's like, and I'm friends with him on Facebook still. Like, he's just one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And like, his memory is also not that great either. So he's like, wait a minute, which theater? And I'm like, Arden. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then it comes back to him. So like, but he he tries. He's like the nicest man you'll ever meet in your life. He is so fun and expressive in his real life. He just, he just looks like that all the time. I love that. Yeah. So he's, sweet. he's so sweet. Yeah. We got to see Hades Town with Jordan Fisher, and mm. that I was incredible. And you did? Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, I did. Yes. <laughs> the fish, the fish gang. I love it. Like Jordan. The fish. Dude. Oh, the like being in a room with Jordan performing <laughs> is like is it is an out of body experience. Like the way that yeah. he just I was frozen in time. Yeah, mm. I was seventeen, so my brother was fourteen. And we only had gotten two tickets to Hamilton. It's a whole story. I begged my parents. I told them. I was like, you're going to want four. And they're like, just get two. One of us will take you. And I'm like, y'all are going to be fighting over these tickets by the time we go. Because at 2017, Mm -hmm. when we went somewhere, 2018, like, they were not getting how big this show was. So by the time we went, my brother and my dad are fighting over the ticket. My brother wins out. My parents go and see Book of Mormon. They drop us off at the theater. So it's just me and my brother seeing Hamilton in New York. And Jordan Fisher comes out. And I'm like, I can't be next to my brother watching this. It's not fair. Like, this is, this is, <laughs> this is, this is embarrassing for me. Here we go. Yeah. I'm mad. Because I'm a, I also became a fan of Summer and Turned Pretty. And Lola Tongue, who's the lead of that show, is currently in Hades Town now. Yes. I'm like, that would have been good. That would have so been so good. Our but- Persephone, though, was incredible. Betty Who. I saw it on tour. It was, it was oh, good. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, that was a good one. So I had to like stop thinking about cutting seven. I think that's the trick. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. Just just think about like your seven favorites. Exactly. So I have Newsies, Hamilton, Heather's. Come From Away, Lion King, Beetlejuice, and Rent. There we Oh, okay. Classical. The only reason I didn't choose Lion King was because, like, we have Lion King for the film, as that is. Was, like, and I'm like, you know. My things. But I just, again, I have such an attachment to the Lion King. It's like I can't. No, nah, when they open that curtain and she starts belted by herself. They came down, like, the, um, we saw it on tour, too. And they still, yeah. like, went to the audience and did it. One of the hyenas, like, scared the shit out of my brother. Oh, my God. That's he, like, so funny. He's coming up a lot tonight. I don't know. Yeah. My manager over there. <laughs> my manager saw Lion King on like on tour for the first time the other day. And she was so excited. She's like, we got a ticket rail in the aisle. So I'm gonna have a puppet giraffe looking at me. I was like, yeah, good for you. Like the the amount of joy that, that musical still inspires. And like whenever I hear, hear the recording, I get chills like everywhere. It's so, so good. The added songs in it. Mm-hmm. The amount of joy I get from Festival of the Lion King is Amer- like, oh my god. Thank you for saying that because that is the best show on Disney property. Do you know what feels like Lion King on Broadway to me though is Tale of the Lion King which recently closed at Disneyland. Not, I did not get to see that one. Oh, so good. It's on YouTube everywhere now but like that one feels like the Broadway show to me based on just like the raw vocal talent that they put on display there. So I love that. I'm so interested in what they're going to actually put in that theater. I know. That's a whole other episode. I saw it was Magical Map. That was Skylar's favorite. It was my favorite show. All right. So let's get into you. Um, So growing up, what was like your childhood like? Just give us a little bit of background about who you are and where you started. Yeah, I was a nerd. I pretty much grew up, yeah, just kind of the Disney freak, as I'm sure a lot of us did. You know, you're the kind of the one kid who goes to Disney all the time and goes to the theme parks all the time and um once I got to high school it was just kind of what I was known for by that time I went to a really small 
high school in a really small town. Um, so that was pretty much what I was known for. Then I went to college for theme park management. Then I worked in theme parks, decided that was not my path. And yeah, and then on I graduated from UCF and I'm hoping to be a teacher. Oh, incredible. Yeah. You want to so, teach English. Oh, oh I love that. you would do so good at that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, there's, I think a part of me that hopes that eventually I'll be able to kind of like maneuver my way into theater and drama in that mm -hmm. department too. Yeah. The, I remember my, I, I struggled with the Eng, with English, the subject for so long, as much as I enjoyed books and everything. But my 10th grade English teacher was the one that was like, that like took my perspective on the class, sat, she was like, no, you're going to come here. I, I know you don't understand this. Sit down. So I sat with her one-on-one -on -one and she literally like did my homework with me. And like, I realized that my English class was like her teaching me how to articulate my feelings. Yeah. And I was like, like she, I'll, I'll shout her out, Miss Velotti, Dominica Velotti. I will like forever praise her for like what she did. She's, I, I would not be as well spoken as I am today without her, for sure. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's so special. Yeah. English was always my favorite subject. Yeah, I always say I can write like nobody's business, but if you ask me to take a test. Yeah, there it is. So a lot of people know you from TikTok. What really like got you started into cosplaying and like what led you to want to get into the public eye also congrats on 200,000 that's incredible thank you I mean it's kind of hard because I don't think I ever really aimed to be in the public eye it was just um I've said it once and I'll say it a million times over is that I'm a fan first yeah. I come from a world where I just really really love the material and I really 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 love movies and tv and books and comics and just everything that that has to offer and cosplay and tiktok was just kind of another way to delve into that and to kind of put myself in those characters that I love so much as shoes and it was kind of a really great way to kind of get to play and act as characters that I'll never really get to outside of that so it's really fun to just kind of cast yourself and yeah I just really wanted to indulge myself in the things that I love. That's incredible. What's been some of like your favorite cosplays that you've done? Also, you know what would be really cool? I want you to do Electra. I've done Electra. Oh my god, really? Have I just yeah, not seen so it? Yeah, so I have a comic Electra that's a little bit newer and then I've done Netflix Electra, which was a while back. I but love that. I, do I haven't gotten into her recently. So like, it's like deep down. It's a deep dive. Because whenever I think of you, I, I just think of Daredevil, the show. Thank you so much. <laughs> So I'm like, I need that. I love that. Thank you. I'll have to break her back out soon, bud. But yeah, what have been your uh, your favorite that you've done? Obviously, Kate Bishop. Yeah, Kate Bishop is always solid. Big Spider-Man fan. So I do all of, a lot of different Spider-Man, but also a lot of Spider-Man love interests. Yay! Um, um, I do Spider-Gwen. She's one of my favorites. Also, just kind of like women in Marvel in general. Um, I do a lot of Rogue and Invisible Woman. Marvel definitely is kind of my go-to when it comes to cosplay. I love that. I really want to see rogue and deadpool 3 i, I don't care that, I, I don't need anyone else casting wise i know <laughs> it makes me so nervous <laughs> anytime anything gets casted for the mcu i get nervous we're getting a whole new wait, X-Men. Wait, so. wait 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 then how do we feel about the fantastic four casting that just got announced i actually okay so here's the funny thing so i had very passionate fan cast as I, I don't have i don't have fan cast for everything but the fan cast that i have i'm very passionate about right yeah 
Um, and one of those was like, I didn't really have a fan cast for Thing or Sue, mm-hmm. but I did have really passionate fan casts for Reed and Johnny. Mm-hmm. that's me yeah and i was so close it's so funny because everyone was fan casting daiquiri montgomery from yeah. stranger things he's billy right, right. as johnny and mm-hmm. i was like you know what you guys are close but i'm gonna tell you what make him play like jason todd yeah and give me joe keery steve harrington uh-huh. you know who Johnny i was Storm. thinking that have was you seen cast. have you seen uh outer banks no I yeah haven't. i rudy uh, i wanted rudy so bad to be rudy rudy would have been good i, I think yeah. i know who you're talking johnny about storm though. the blonde yeah. he's just so young yeah. he's so whittled to me yeah well he's i think that's like a big 20s. Part too, you never know what age they're going with right because like yeah, so. johnny's like what in his like early 20s yeah so like I it would fit yeah where they place them but so joe keery was my big casting for johnny storm and then they cast joe quinn also from stranger things so i was mm-hmm. like yeah, i was so close that was we so, close. so close it's so funny and i'm i'm very happy with that fan casting i think it's gonna be very good yeah um i have a lot of faith in him just in his diversity so far that we've like seen him get cast in from eddie to like what we've seen of him in Quiet Place Day One. Like I'm very excited to see him and what he can do. And then my fan casting for Reed Richards was Dev Patel. Oh, so I'm still a little bummed about that one, just because I think the one I'm questioning the most is definitely Pedro as Reed. As much as really? I love Pedro, yeah, I love him so much, and I do think he's gonna do a really good job. I just am very curious as to where they got it from. Mm-hmm. Oscar <laughs> Isaac probably sense? begging them. That was my hardest because, yeah. like, I don't see him as Reed, but I want, like, I, I feel like he. No, MCU. yeah, I feel like he'd play really well. I'm just yeah. like, that's well, interesting that so you went with older him. than the rest of the cast. It's, he is. It's, I'm very mm-hmm. curious about that, um, but I'm excited nonetheless. I think he's great. So. He is great. And I like, I remember when they were say- like, Oscar Isaac was doing an interview and was like, oh, who's your Star Wars crush? And he was like, oh, my girlfriend, Pedro Pascal, obviously, by the way, e, you're welcome that he's here because I was the one that convinced him. So when he, <laughs> did- when he did Moon Knight, I was like, yo, Pedro's coming because Oscar yeah. was like, oh, I love working with Marvel. They're- they've been so great. I'm like, you know, he is like texting Pedro every day being like, well, Marvel's been so great to me. Marvel's doing all these things. I'm like, you know, Pedro's going to get convinced to be here. So so like I, w- I was shocked, but I was not surprised. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I mean, we got Secret Wars, so there you go. All right, let's head into your history just working for Disney World before we get into everything else. So starting from the beginning, because I feel like everyone's interview process is different and pretty unique to their specific role, obviously. And just like, like I know a lot of people are interested in how people get to join the company. So what was your interview process like? Yeah, so I actually feel if you like- remember. I was, yeah, I mean- I'm spotty on it because I first got hired with the company in 2018 um, and then I left and I came back 2022. There's going to be so many. I've had like 18 jobs in college, so there's a lot of time jobs here. (laughs) But mine was a little bit different because everybody my age was a CP. So to come in as a part-timer was very different. Everyone just kind of assumed I was a college programmer, but it was... I mean, it's hard because it is kind of just like applying for any other job. You apply, you wait to hear back. Mm -hmm. Um, Disney does have a virtual interview that you go through first. There are kind of tip tricks on how to pass that. Once you pass that, you get a normal interview. When I got hired the second time, it was during COVID. So I only had a virtual interview for hearing back and getting the job offer. Okay. I know... Did you start at Merchandise at Hollywood Studios? I did, yep. Or am I wrong on that? How was that? You know... 
it's for some people it's not it was not for me <laughs> um i no. was so my location was animation courtyard and at the time galaxy's edge was under construction and toy story land was opening so animation courtyard covered if you've been to hollywood studios which i, I know you guys have mm-hmm. <laughs> You have the actual area, and you have three, four stores that were in there. There was a cart. There was In Character, which is right outside the Little Mermaid show, the Disney Junior store, and then Launch Bay. So that was four stores right there. But you also covered carts for Toy Story Land, which was two carts. And you also covered all the carts on the way from Animation Courtyard to Toy Story Land, which was three carts, because that also covered the little Pixar area that they had set up just outside of Toy Story Land. Also, the carts in front of the Chinese theater and all of the vending for that entire part of the park, like that kind of like stretch between Animation Courtyard, Toy Story Land, up to the Chinese theater. But also if you keep going straight from the Chinese theater all the way to Muppet, all of that vending and Fantasmic vending, which would occur on Sunset Boulevard cover all of that vending and the that just sounds like a nightmare it was so much so pretty much the only things that were not under our like jurisdiction were like the exit store for Toy Story Mania the inside stores on Sunset and the inside stores on Hollywood Boulevard no and like that one not me I couldn't do that yeah it was so much um I Got a lot of vending because I was part-time, which I actually didn't hate that much if I was closing because it was like nice and dark. And I was also hired around the Christmas time. So when you were on sunset, they would light up um, Tower of Terror and everything. And you got to watch that all night, which was really special. Fantasmic vending was really fun. It was just, I had come from a lot of merchandise and I was bored out of my mind. And I also wasn't used to working for a company so big with so many people. So I I worked there for about three months before I left the company. Dang. That just like listening to all that, just like, hurt my brain i'm like how did you do that every day sounds exhausting yeah it was super overwhelming and i still kind of felt like a baby i was just 18 um just turned 18 the only other place i had worked before that was hot topic which was an entire store staffed by like six people and then you were going and working with you know 40 a day oh that's a lot yeah really intimate to uh, insane amount yeah i don't know my job only got bigger from there so i don't know what i was thinking oh lovely right right. so from there i know you went and you started working at the hotels as an activity coordinator yeah it was children's activities yeah i love that that's so cool that's like one of the things that i've wanted to do as a a disney cast member for so long if that was what i was going to get into that would be incredible yeah when i went back to the company i pretty much said I'm only going back if it's a dream role. Right. And I got one. What were all the hotels that you got to work at? Or is it just the one? So we're the like overarching, like how you would be in like merchandise or attractions. It was recreation, okay. um, which covered pr- us and lifeguards pretty much. So we were regionalized. So I was Dacnado Star, which is Disney's Animal Kingdom, right. Coronado Springs, and the All-Stars. We were the Ooh. biggest region because Animal Kingdom Lodge is split into two. There's Jumbo House and Gadani Village. They each run as their own resort. And all three All-Stars also run as their own resort. So we were covering six resorts. Wow. Yeah, as where everybody else had like a max of like four. Right. Yeah. What was your like day-to-day job like? Yeah, so it kind of depends on what shift we had. But a normal activity shift was you pretty much come in. If you're an opener, you do pool party which was 
so much fun. Like you're literally out there for a couple hours playing trivia and games with kids. No complaints. I love that. Your closer would come in, you would do craft, then you would do campfire. Uh, You'd set up movie if you were the opener and leave. If you were the closer, you'd stay through movie, pack that up. And your day was done. It sounds really relaxing, yeah. actually. It was not. <laughs> I will say. Okay. Um, one of the best jobs I have ever had, and it was the hardest job I have ever had. It is extremely physically taxing. Everything that you do, you are setting up and taking down. The screens that you're setting up for a movie are 20 feet, and you are rolling that out <laughs> all by yourself Ooh. sometimes. Oh, yikes. They're heavy. You're moving sandbags to keep it weighed down. You're walking across the um, hotel. And I also, and I've said this a few times about the job, is that you're performing all the time because it's activities. Your job is to make sure that people are hype. You're to keep them excited, to make sure that you're talking to guests pretty much constantly. We always made the joke because lifeguards would kind of like make fun of us. They're like, oh, your job's just playing games. And I'm like, you get to have a bad day. I don't. Yep. Yeah, that's what I was actually going to mention was when I was watching your TikTok on all of your different roles, you mentioned how you couldn't go and have a bad day because that would look bad on you. Yeah. And that uh, just that just sounds so hard. It, it was. And, you know, I think it's it's tough because you also didn't really want to have a bad day. Like the children's activities is very much it is what you make of it. Yeah. Um, right. So you you want to choose to have a bad day but I think about you know my three-year relationship ended a couple months of me starting to work there and you know mm-hmm. you're still hosting pool party right I gotta go out and host trivia and put a smile on your face and it is truly I don't believe in leaving stuff at the door I don't mm-hmm. think that's human and I was extremely fortunate in my leadership my leadership was incredible. They were so understanding and so helpful and so kind. But at the end of the day, I mean, you're face to face with guests. So it's. Yeah. Yeah. And you're human too. Really great distraction. Yeah. It was very, very easy to be distracted at some times. But then you'd have like, you know, the marshmallows that we give out have to be prepped. So you'd mm. be like in a back room for like an hour and a half just prepping marshmallows. And you're like, all I have to do is think. It's so much time to think. Right. <laughs> but- yeah. What were like some of your favorite. Oh, yeah. What were some of your favorite moments working in that role? Um, And I think this is a really interesting question. What would be something that you wished you had known going into that? Hmm. I'll answer that one first. Something that I wish I had known. I think, yeah, just how physically taxing and emotionally taxing it is. And I also just think, I don't know if it's necessarily something I wish I would have known, but something that I tried to like tell everyone that would come in or we had a lot of CPs that would like get placed in this role and just be looking to get out. And I'm like, you don't get it. Like you don't get how special this role is in comparison to being in the park since you haven't been out there yet. Right. I have, let me tell you, it's different. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I think just like how lucky that is as a gig. As hard as it is, it was so special to be able to, I always make the joke that it was the first job I ever had where I just got to say yes all the time. Because mm. I feel like when you're working in theme parks, you're the no person a lot. Like, no, you can't do this. You know, I worked attractions at Universal. The kid comes up, they're not tall enough. No, you can't go on. Like you're saying no a lot. Right. And Tones is, the Tones activities was somewhere where they're like, can I play? Yes. Can I have more marshmallows? sure Mm -hmm. it was all about just like making things happen so I think just really highlighting how special that is Mm -hmm. I love that I know like whenever I would stay on property that was like the most fun I would have was going to the the hotels and interacting with you know this the cast members there especially at like the the pools and stuff like that like there's so much to do outside of the theme parks 
Yeah. But, some of my favorite memories is when your children's activities, like you're in a role where people actually like want to get to know you. Um, yeah. There were a lot of times where leadership would come in and they'd be like, Hey guys, we need to make sure we're talking to guests. Like while we're at campfire, I'm like, I know you're not talking to me because one, I'm a yapper. But two, like guests are just like so interested in you when you're in one right. of those roles. Like I would be at campfire and they're like, so what are you doing here? Are you going to school? What's the plan? Like, how are you? Like, what's your favorite thing to do in the parks? Like, it was such a special position to be in because like you got to have all of those character interactions, character interactions, guest interactions. <laughs> yes, right. actually treating you like you're a human. That's incredible. Oh, like, insane. That's, that's another new. thing that I wish I could tell people. I'm like, I'm telling you, you won't get this treatment other places. Nope. It depends on your role, I will say. It does. Um, it really does. If, yeah. If you're in a role where guests deem you cool or right. special, then they treat you a little bit better. But That's true. That's very, very true. One of my favorite things, and I know they still do this growing up, I would always go to Fort Wilderness and mm-hmm. I absolutely loved like the campfires with the characters. Yeah. And I just wish they had that in California. Yeah. I got to work with, um, we'd get like de- deployed people cause we were such a big region. Mm-hmm. We'd get people from Fort Wilderness and stuff and they would come over and it's, we always joke because it's like a lawless land over there. Cause like over there, they can roast whatever they want over their fire. Oh, like, okay. Watch their fire. Like we have like two people on fire every night and like, they don't really watch it because it's just like, it's Fort Wilderness. They have different rules. It's a different system. So we always joke that it's the lawless land, but it was always so special to like hear all their stories about like the characters. Cause the only time we really got to interact with characters was during hurricane rideouts. Oh, okay. So like I got placed at all-star sports for the most recent hurricane that we had. And we had Chip, Dale, Max, and Goofy. Aww. And I don't know what it is about character attendance when they're around children's activities, but they decide that their job is our job. Uh, sure. Which, you know, arguably I could have used some help, but then I got to interact with Goofy all day. So like, I wasn't really complaining. Oh, <laughs> right. Do such cute things. It was like around Christmas. So like we had these like little like scratchy, like the... It's like the black stuff where like you scratch it oh, off yes, the rainbow yes. underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had ornaments and workers would come out and they would do like the craft with their kid. And Goofy made Max an ornament and it says world's greatest son. <gasps> Stop. Sobbing. That's cute. <laughs> I'm dead. Sorry. Um, Over. Uh, so th- those were always really special. That's really cute. Is there a hotel or like an area that you would have wanted to work at? you know i think that now i would like to be like oh i wish i like had like some insider scoop on like any of these hotels but honestly That's great. i loved my region so much i mean i'm i'm an animal kingdom girly through and through so i, was I got to work at I, the one that i worked at the most was animal kingdom lodge like that was my home which is very funny because my parents are dvc and one of our home resorts is animal kingdom iconic lodge. so it has truly been my home in so many different senses of the word yeah um so i was very lucky to be there it is however the farthest location from my actual house oh really so (laughs) it was it was a far drive but aside Mm -hmm. from that yeah i really loved my region i think that it would have been cool to like get the experience of other regions because they do stuff so differently right Mm -hmm. and people joked a lot that our region was super strict in comparison which i don't really get probably because i was just trained there so it's just Mm -hmm. kind of the way it was so i felt very lucky to be where i was yeah so moving on from animal kingdom lodge let's talk about your role at animal kingdom i didn't go too far did i (laughs) Yeah, no. literally right around the corner. So what right was it like? Street. 
working as a Kilimanjaro safari driver? It was so special in so many ways. And it was also so challenging in so many ways. I'm such an animal person that it was so like i mean there's nothing like getting to drive that track every day oh it's always different too yeah oh we started (laughs) (laughs) i would literally it's a 20 minute circle and you go around once and you're like oh lines are out cool great the next circle you go around if you look to your left there's nothing (laughs) amazing iconic sorry guys (laughs) um yeah when you i mean I've worked with live animals before, but I've never worked with live animals where they have so much freedom in terms of just like, they're not in water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're not restricted by where the water is. Right. They can go wherever pretty much. So yeah, it was always definitely kept you on your toes. Mm-hmm. I'd be terrified just to have like a giraffe, like walk in front of your car. There's so many, there's so much training and there's so much um, protocol for when that happens that you kind of are like, all right, dude. The longer you stand in front of my truck, the more things I have to come up to say. Right. That is yeah, how is that script? <laughs> like, yeah. So during training, you get about a week of training and they're pretty much only concerned with if you can drive. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. They don't want you wrecking their trucks, which is valid. They're very expensive, I'm sure. And also you're around live animals. They want to make sure that you can drive the track and do what you're supposed to, all that stuff. The spiel is kind of interesting because they really leave it up to you. It was a little complicated because I think that every leader that was there had their own vision of what you should be saying on safari. Mm. There were some where you're like, oh, you can only pull from this binder. Oh, if Disney has ever said it, then it's good. Oh, if any American zoos and like accredited facilities have said it, then you can say it. There were a lot of rules and all of them conflicted. Right. <laughs> so Great. it was a little complicated. Like there was a time where we were out like just greeting guests and they gave us these little bags and they gave us like these little flip note cards and we're like, we're bored. This is a great time to study and like learn something new to say on Safari because, you know, you do the rounds nine times a day. You're saying the same 20 minute spiel over and over. You want something new to say. And then we have a leader come by and we're like, oh, we're just studying, whatever. And they're like, oh, but you can't say anything that's in those books on your Safari. That's just for out here. And I was like, lovely. Why do you have these? First of all, I'm not remembering what facts are where. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going out of my way to remember let alone there are very rarely anybody but guests on your truck you might get audited i was there for six months and i never got an audit nice <laughs> so, Congrats. Um, thank you so who knows what i was saying that i wasn't <laughs> yeah. right right yeah i'm like i'm not learning where each fact comes from to see what i'm allowed to say and what i'm not like that's that's craziness especially when it literally just depends on what leader ends up on your truck i'm like that's, that's kind of scary though I'm not doing that. yeah <laughs> yeah there were a lot of like scary things like in a truck if you popped a tire it was on you oh that's how, dumb. How, that, how that makes sense Yeah, there was, it was so stressful in so many ways that it didn't need to be because I think that there are a lot of reasons for the job to be stressful. And none of those were the reasons that we were stressed. Mm-hmm. That's insane, like, I think that though. Be more stressed about like a rhino charging your truck, which happens. No, we were all chill with that. I was worried if I the tire was just going to randomly pop and it was going to be on me. Right. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Right. And then my interesting relationship with Kilimanjaro. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. And then my final question for this: If you guys have any more, feel free to to throw them in. But did the job surprise you in any way? And 
was it exactly what you expected it would be or was it better or worse you know i think that the job itself was kind of right in line with what i thought it would be and the job itself is what i liked was getting to do the safari and getting to see the animals and talk about them and especially one of my biggest passions is conservation so getting to talk about that specifically was so special i really missed a guest, guest interaction but something that was surprising and I would say disappointing was just kind of it went from such an incredible leadership that I think loved me personally as both a cast member and a person and we a really tight-knit group of co-workers which is kind of crazy because in um, children's activities you were only working with one other person a day mm -hmm. But you got to know that person really well because you only working with one other person a day. That, that was kind of disappointing for me. And it was kind of what made the job so stressful was, you know, I think when I was in children's activities, there was no doubt of having somebody on my side or feeling supported in decisions that I was making. And then that kind of went away when I switched it. So I feel like I kind of got right. spoiled before. And then when I moved over to safaris, that went away. So that was a mm -hmm. really tough transition that I think really kind of took me by surprise. And I had a hard time adjusting. Well, I'm but sorry about that. Show that, that <laughs> kind of make or break it. Yeah, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I don't think that they were a bad bad leadership necessarily i just i think i got so spoiled before no that's fair so you brought up conservation which is incredible so let's talk about your work at SeaWorld. yeah so what did you really do at the company because i know i remember when i was leaving florida that's really when you got hired but i didn't really know exactly what you did other than i think it was work with penguins i could be wrong <laughs> that was part of it okay cool you're not too far off so this is like children's activities and this job are like two of my top jobs that i've ever had in my entire life oh incredible okay so much so i was an educator at SeaWorld. so that starts off with you staffing every single exhibit in the park as well as as it's it's a different process now they kind of have everything divided up i know because i just applied for summer <laughs> so mm -hmm. fingers crossed to go back if that says anything about how much i loved it but so you start off with staffing exhibits and then you would get tours and then you would kind of get like three levels of tours and then that also included sleepovers camps all of that good stuff for mm -hmm. education sometimes it was staffing events things like that but pretty much the biggest part of my job was telling people about animals and conservation oh so literally just everything yeah. that you love that's really cool actually it was really cool it was a lot of training it was a lot of work it was a lot of you would get scheduled study hours just to keep Interesting. Okay. everything that there is to know because like pretty much anybody that you see at like yeah. if you've been to SeaWorld there's somebody in a blue shirt at every single exhibit you have to know everything about the animals like yep. everything because you don't know what somebody's going to ask you so it was really special to get to learn so much and to give tours was so awesome that's where I got like a lot of like the where people thought I worked with penguins when tours were my favorite so if there was like a penguin tour shift, I was like, hey, <laughs> I do. <laughs> so yeah, I would see the penguins a lot. Was there like anything you didn't know working there that you found like really, really cool? Or maybe just like, like you took away from the company overall? So much. I think I went in thinking that I knew a lot. And then I just every day I learned that I knew nothing. <laughs> That's kind funny. of in the best way possible just because there's so much to know and there's so much to learn and there's so much that the animals do that would just surprise you because I mean you truly are just spending time with the animals every single day you would get to know like their trainers actually something that's super special is I have so many friends that were educators when I was there that are now trainers oh, incredible. oh how cute uh, the foot in the door for a lot of people 
Yeah. Um, and then they grow from there. So the, actually, the it wasn't the last time I was at SeaWorld, but the last time I was at SeaWorld with my family, my friend was literally like a couple weeks into, he had just gotten moved to shows with the dolphins. So he was like, come see my show. Mm-hmm. And I got to see that. And he was like, do you want to come back and meet a dolphin? I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just so special to like see him do his thing. And his goal is like killer whales. And he's just so on that path. It was just so special to see. It was so awesome. Oh, how cute. Yeah. I loved like the Shamu shows. Yeah. It's so awesome to see that growth. And it's just so special. I, I have a follow-up question because I like the aquarium. What was your favorite exhibit to, to work? You know, it would change all the time. And I know I say that a lot, but it's true. Because during the, it was like spring into summer was pup season <gasps> for the sea lion in the sea. Yeah. yeah. So like you would just see pups. <laughs> like, and then so, I don't know if this public, uh, it's fine. No, I think it is public information. Yeah, it's fine. So every year, the like next like batch of pups would have mm-hmm. themed names. Oh, okay. So like one year, it was like different like alcohols. So like one was brandy, one was whiskey, one was yeah. Chardonnay. Like super cute. One year it was Marvel. Oh. So there were like two that were two boys that were born like a day in between each other. So they were Thor and Loki. Oh, oh I love that. How cute. So the pups were, pup season was awesome. I also loved the penguins. And then if I was opening, the dolphins were also really fun if you got to open the dolphins because that's when they're like, they haven't seen anybody yet for the day. Right. So they're kind of like dogs. So like the, once they see you, they're like, hey, are you here to play with me? Um, So you would play like hide and go seek with them in the morning before like all the guests got there. That sounds like such a fun job. That sounds like <laughs> so, so much fun. The manatees were awesome ah. to staff because there's like so many just like wild facts about manatees. And that's a really big spot for like conservation. I love talking about conservation. I so this is an love off question. Manatees. Have you been have you been on Rainbow River? I have not. Everyone tells me about it. I used to go I've we used to go now. on uh, Rainbow River in Florida and we used to just swim with dolphin or swim with manatees all the time and they would literally like yeah. swim right up to you and like yeah, touch like, no you fear. and like it was it was it's insane. Well, so a fun fact about manatees, if I may. Um Yes. Manatees have no natural predators. Mm-hmm. Um, they have about 3% body fat, oh. which is crazy. Yeah. But so because of that, they have no natural predators because what wants to eat that? Nothing. Right. So they right. literally have like nothing to be afraid of in the world. But also if you consider that and the fact that they're endangered, that means literally the only reason they're endangered is us. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Well, that makes it sense. It takes a dark turn, but also it's really cute. And that's why they're so friendly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because they have nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> no, they don't. Not at all. There's nothing there. <laughs> yeah what's what's your next role that you are going for so i'm putting in for educator again oh awesome it's a little bit different i'm kind of being a little bit more picky because it would just be like a summer job Mm -hmm. uh, because my goal is to like teach so i actually have an interview on monday with bush gardens for essentially the same job which is far from me yeah so i love love bush gardens though yeah he's a bush garden it's kind of the reason i ended up at sea world in education was I grew up in their summer camps. So every other year we would bounce between Bush Gardens and SeaWorld, mm-hmm. which is under education. So they got the best roller coasters at yeah. Bush Gardens. Was, Cheetah Hunt's still one of the best roller coasters. Cheetah Hunt, Shikra, Kumba's fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess talking about roller coasters, let's get into Universal. Yeah. So what really I think this is really interesting. What made you fall in love with Universal? themselves as a company 
was it more like the film route and like Harry Potter and stuff like that? What what drove you to to want to work there? Uh, God, I love movies. I really love movies. I really love Spielberg. <laughs> that, that helps. Spielberg has a lot there, so there you go. Oh yeah, he literally, that's my boy. Yeah, especially growing up, my my relationship with Universal is so different growing up compared to what it is now. Because when I was young, I actually didn't like Universal. I was kind of scared of everything that was there. Relatable. And then we kind of started going again, and then it was the Marvel stuff when I was a kid it's kind of stayed the same when we started going again I got really into the Jurassic Park movies so Islands of Adventure was kind of my thing and then I just kind of got more and more into the movie aspect and I watched more and more kind of the more classic universal movies and I just fell head first um I got super into horror so Halloween Horror Nights is my lifeline yeah I went 25 nights this past year like a crazy person which is still less than other people went also why your house is way better than ours that's not fair but you know that's fine oh our houses are your houses yeah it depends your chucky house was better yeah but you got icons with all the latin that was dope i want that that was dope so bad yeah your chucky house is better and but i wanted i really want icons yeah we we like our icons (laughs) i don't know if we talked about this i had to get up real quick uh what was your roles that you worked at the actual theme parks yeah so this is another one where i left i started at the company left the company and then started again um, I started in merchandise and I was Simpsons games. Turns out that's fun. Sucked. That's rough, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, I lasted once again about three months, but I feel like that one's a lot more understandable. Mm-hmm. Like when you hear Honestly, Simpsons, I feel like you lasted bad. more than, than most would. So I did. Props to you. There you go. And Props to you. I did. We actually had a Facebook page of all of us that kind of got hired at the same time, and I was the only one left. Mm. Oh, so wow. good for me. Um, but then I went back, and I was interviewing for attractions because I just wanted something easy. Yeah. And it was so funny because they offered me either Seuss Landing or Kid Zone. Oh. And if you think about Aww. that, both of those options sound terrible <laughs> right i'm like Please offer me spider-man but i chose kid Town because the way that universal is set up is our the like wardrobe building which is like where you come into work is in the middle of both parks but it's a lot easier to get to universal than it is islands like you have to take the bus to islands i didn't want to do that so i went to jared's face <laughs> and i loved it we worked in our own little bubble nobody bothered us and it was an easy low stakes attraction job and the people i worked with were awesome I loved it. I was oh, going to say, like, I, I love that area. I know, like, it's kind of, like, I don't know, kitty or whatever, but, like, yeah. it's really laid back and, like, quiet back there. Well, E.T. Is, I mean, obviously, it is defunct now. Yeah, R.I.P. That's true. Rip. Um, but we are getting DreamWorks, so no complaints here. Mm. Um, and two of the three attractions that I have worked at, well, two of the four, but one of them's not never closing because um, I worked at E.T. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, E.T. is also over there. But you would kind of get sent to other locations. Um, E.T.'s never closing. But never. I worked at Shrek 4D, all of the Kid Zone rides. And that included, Kid Zone was another like kind of big location because we worked Woody Woodpecker, Nut House Coaster. We worked the Fiable Water Slide and area, Curious George and Animal Actors. Oh, wow. And then I also worked Simpson. So two out of those four have closed. Mm-hmm. so it is my curse so simpsons better watch out oh rip that's the next one to close <laughs> but yeah i mean i adored it actually and during horror nights we closed at five because that's nice. their dream wow yeah they were like get out of here <laughs> i was like that all right bye i mean Thanks. like yeah they don't need you uh, might as well that was the great thing about kilimanjaro safaris too is we closed early yeah was there any location or i guess now would there be any location 
at either islands or universal that you would want to work at like either jurassic park or diagon alley harry you potter can say anything in ep epic universe that is oh, true that's coming. Dragon. Yeah. but in a realistic world when i was working there i wanted to get deployed out to spider-man so badly yeah, Spider-Man. I, I like superhero. Call. I was like, if I get deployed out and I am in this cute little Daily Bugle costume and nobody comes and takes a picture of me, it's war. <laughs> like, all-out war. Aside from that, I pretty much avoided going anywhere that I did not know because I was scared. Yeah. Spider-Man is still my favorite 4D ride. Yeah, that's correct. Like, I really like Flight of Passage, but Spider-Man is like... It's so nostalgic. It's so fun. It's perfect. It's just the perfect Spider-Man ride. I love her. Really it's going to be Armita's first time going on it. Yes, it is. That's so special. I'm really I'm excited. For that. I'm going to have to show up for You that. should be there for that. <laughs> we should do that. We should go, like, we should take so one special. of the days and just go to both parks with you. Yes. Yes, let me know. I think this is a really interesting question because you've worked at all three structurally out of like the three companies what are like either major differences or similarities like working for the companies either like the way it's run like the actual like leads of the the jobs or whatever whatever comes to you i'm pretty interested yeah i actually feel like i've, I've answered a very similar question i feel like i can answer this the same way so if you're working at disney their first priority i would say at least used to be the guests guest safety guest satisfaction that is their first priority when you are working at sea world it's the animals as it should be. That's really understandable. Mm -hmm. You can't even argue. You can't argue it. That is their number one priority. And as it should be when you're at universal their team members come first i um, think that should also be a thing so that's how it felt like i felt the most supported yeah like universal, sure at universal. Mm -hmm. but like outside of just like, like depending on leadership like i felt like the company as a whole valued their team members kind of like how i don't know I, mean, I don't know if it's the same in california but definitely here universal like treats their annual pass holders better than disney does it's kind of the same way with i think it's them. I think it's the same. I don't have an annual pass to Universal, but from what I've seen, like they get a lot more experience options than we do and like a lot more nights to go to the parks and stuff like that. I don't know. Well, I always mm -hmm. say that um, Universal kind of treats their annual pass holders here the same way that Disneyland treats their annual pass holders there, where like they know that's their demographic. So they cater to them a little bit more as where our Disney here is so tourist heavy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That it's a little bit more not as catered to them. But I think that that even just shows in our Halloween Horror Nights here. Yeah, that's true. It yeah, we have a... And I love I, it. You guys get everything. It's honestly upsetting. I want it. But that's how I feel about your Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say we have like a week until the Disney Channel night. Yeah, which is like yeah. literally unheard of here. Mm -hmm. Like, and there's no reason we can't do that. There's no reason. Yeah, no. <laughs> Why are we doing that? It would be so much fun. It would be so impossible and expensive to get tickets, though. Here. That's kind of true. And, like, you guys are, like, you have your big Christmas party, and then you have your big Halloween party, too. So it's kind Which of like a. We've been, like, locals have pretty much been priced out of. Yeah. That's true. That's also really, really true. Cast yeah. members? Okay, I have to say what they offer cast members because it's so embarrassing. Yeah. For cast members, you get $10 off a ticket. No way. Only $10? $10. That's wild. Mind you, they used to have like cast member nights where mm -hmm. cast members could buy a ticket and go in. It was like a 60 buck ticket. Wow. Yeah. It was, they were like, your discount's in. Go look and see what it is. And I saw it and I'm like, that's insulting. That's $10. I that's have one. Elmo has. <laughs> my team member friends were getting into Horror Nights for free. Oh. Not a lot of nights, but they were getting in for free. 
Yeah, at least you get if one night for free is better than ten bucks off a ticket. Yeah, I was talking to this guy during horror nights, and he was like literally complaining. He's like, "I just can't believe we can't get in on Halloween." And I'm like, <laughs> "The beggars cannot be the choosers." He had a role where he would like get off at like eleven some nights and just go and back into the park. They were allowed to do that. Wow, for horror nights. That's wild. Hornets like, like so yeah. expensive as mm-hmm. is. So like I well, I would so be so happy. Your horror nights is such a better deal for us yeah. than yeah. anything. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that Disney does holiday wise. Yeah, like, it's that's so, actually true. I mean, so like in the grand scheme, so I had my annual pass expired. I'm working on I'm working on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the time of horror nights, I had an annual pass for Universal, which meant that I not only got free parking, I got free prime parking. Oh, for horror nights, and I paid about two hundred and thirty dollars for my Halloween horror nights pass. Okay, I went twenty five nights. If I would have paid for prime parking every night that I went, it would have been $60 a night. Oof. I also went 25 nights. So if I would have paid individually for nights, obviously I've made my money back like no tomorrow. Right. And they let you use your annual pass discount on food and merchandise during Ooh. Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. And with my pass, I got one free. I only got the pass that was Sunday through Thursday. Mm-hmm. I went 25 nights and I couldn't even go on Friday and Saturday. So oh my God. <laughs> but um, I had one free Saturday too on my pass mm-hmm. and I use that to go with my family right like the amount of money like I saved like my brother and my dad are like really into math they're engineers mm-hmm. like we were in line for something one day and we were like doing the math and it was like six hundred dollars I saved oh my gosh yeah it was crazy and I paid two hundred and thirty dollars mm-hmm. for 25 nights as opposed to if I would have gone to one night of are not so scary it's about uh, like um with my discount would have been 130 dollars oh I have a hot take I don't know yeah. if you've done this. Hollow Scream, their original houses not- are better than Halloween Horror Nights. I have heard that. My biggest They're thing incredible. about the like horror events outside of Horror Nights is that I don't really care about the horror events. I care about the movies and I care about like the universal lore of Horror Nights. Mm-hmm. So That's like, fair. I don't know if I would care as much. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, there was I just want, like I want to go one day because especially because like I have friends who work over at SeaWorld and like I could get in for free. It's like I might as well go once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Bush Gardens is like scarier. a real. They're in, yeah, compared to Halloween Horror Nights, yeah. Hollow Scream is definitely scarier, which is weird because it's a smaller park. Yeah, but like the houses are scarier. There I was think they one. They have that... less to lose. <laughs> they're like. Less... Yeah. No, I don't know if you remember because Guazi Did went you go down. To this past year? Uh, twenty twenty three. Yeah. I did not. Not ours. I saw the houses. Um, I saw them constructing them, but I didn't go to the event. Right. I just so, didn't really want to. The amount of children at this event. Oh, Lord. Is insane. Yeah. Like, I, really, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, if your kid's into horror, let them come. There's a lot. Like I've seen, like, like five-year-olds. kids can be that into horror enough for you to yeah. bring them here. Let alone, I found myself, I'm, I have the mouth of a sailor. Especially at home in Horror Nights. We're all drinking. So you're like, yeah. through these houses. And I found myself having to, like, check myself because, like, I would, like, be around, like, a bunch of kids and I'd, you know, be, like, screaming curse words. And I'm like, I'm actually at an adult event. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm the one who's, like, supposed to be able to say this, not the other way around. So it was was interesting. I've never seen that many children. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. That's a lot. Yeah. So there was, for Bush Gardens uh, Hollow Scream, I don't know 
if you remember when this happened, but I think it was like 2014, Guazi broke down and Guazi <laughs> shut down for like years. Yeah. So yeah, they no, turned. Only like recently opened like a couple years ago, yeah. right? Iron they turned. Guazi. Iron Guazi came out. Yeah. But they turned that that entire like roller coaster into a haunted maze. So like you were going into like the abandoned roller coaster as a horror house. Cool. I and it was that. like all themed that to like demons and like the scary. mother of yeah. That is almost as scary as having to walk into Fast and Furious Supercharged as your horror night house. Honestly, I yeah yeah. It was the year before last year. It was our black phone freaky house, the Blum House. Mm-hmm. Yep. This past year was Chucky. Our Chucky yeah. house is good. It's just so scary for multiple reasons. Chucky, Chucky and <laughs> Chucky and I. That's my son. Yes. Chucky, Chucky in California is actually a really good house. Yeah. Well, I spent too much time defending chucky for terrible reasons so now i get to hate on it with everybody <laughs> i'm jealous though you guys got holidays in hell i have never been through a holidays in hell uh mm. house though unfortunately it has not been there in the years that i've gone yeah because we had like a little pop-up thing just kind of walking through it like it wasn't like a full house because it was like a scare zone when yeah. it was in, in la but it's dope i really mm-hmm. i really want a full house I also want another, I don't know if you've seen the house, Slaughter Cinema. I have. Yeah, that's that's McGorrell. But I think we're going to get Ghostbusters this year. And Ghostbusters was my first ever Horror Nights house. And it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And I think it's going to be for the new movie. So I'm very excited about that. Fingers crossed. We got like a dope Blumhouse one where you would like walk into like an old theater. And you know how like they would have like the the videos that play before the film? Yeah. It was like the welcome to the lobby thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they turned it into like a whole like, like, yeah, like it was like all murdery and it was like really cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I like all those, all those kinds of houses where they're kind of nostalgic. Yeah, because you were like going into the films, which was cool. Yeah, that's Mm kind of how Slaughter Cinema was, but it was all like B movies, like terrible, terrible. Was it with the director? Like Cannibal Babies. Oh. Oh. Yeah, like stupid. It was such a good house. Oh, it's so, so you good. say the director was the one that was leading I it? I don't. I, it might have been the usher. I don't remember. It was. That makes sense though, because yeah, because I was like, that sounds like an icon house. I do believe it was an icon year. I always, I frequently go back and watch the uh, the Jack show that they had with him and Chance. Yep. One of the best. One of the best theme park shows I have ever seen. Yeah, uh, all of those were so good. And I do think that they have toned them down so much. Like even like in our scare zones and stuff, our shows are so turned out. Like they were literally like putting somebody in like a blender one year. Yeah, that was the show. Like yeah, it was like a wheel of pain. And like one of the one of the murders, they put him in a blender. With that, I think we should close it on a high. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, do you want to give us your socials and like where, I mean, most of, are people watching this know where to find you? But for those that don't, could you let them know where to find you? Yeah, I am Jensen Avenger on pretty much everything, but mostly TikTok and Instagram. Easy peasy. So thanks, Jensen, for being on the show. We'll have to have you back sometime to to unpack. We're doing a big unpack of Disney movies right now in the Disney 100 series. <sighs> so mayhaps if we find a spot, we will we will. We'll bring you back in here because i love ranting please do i would love to join i love to have a fellow ranter on here with me it feels so much better because i'll talk for hours and then they'll just stare at me the boys are just like okay and i'm like say something i'm a yapper i got you me too okay i think that's everything next week we're gonna go to the dark ages of disney 100 honey who's coming with on with us for that one or is it just the three of us Okay. Just us three. So um, and us ben, three uh, are going to unpack this terrible time of movies. 
If you'd like to watch along with us, <laughs> what are we watching, honey? So the Dark Ages, um, let me see. It's the Fox and the Hound, the Black Cauldron, Great Mouse Detective, and Oliver and Company. Oliver's going to be fun. I think I'm going to like that one. This is me before the Dark Ages. I think I'm going to like <laughs> Oliver and Company. I will um, say, though, right after we do that episode, we are going into March Madness. Yeah! Um, and we Let's have, go! We have two March Madness brackets coming uh, this year. We have Disney Villains, um, which will be really fun. And then we are also doing a Disney musical scores. So Disney films like Star Wars, Marvel movies, Disney, Pixar, and Indiana Jones. And we will be putting in audio clips so you guys will be able to hear them all. Um, Jensen, if you want to do one of those, feel I, free. Yeah. Sorry. And I, I, I would like that so because- that so hard. <laughs> I know. But like, I think you should listen to it at least because guess who's coming on the show, boys? Nick. 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 Nick, Nick, and Nick is a dear friend of the podcast. We are all friends with Nick, but I want Jensen and Nick to be friends because They're, he's a big Indiana Jones. Indiana person. Jones stands. Yes. We have a club going on. We have and a he club. worked. He worked originally over in Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and he's a character um, host too. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So, so Nick. I'm Nick. just gonna I'm just gonna tease Nick. a few Nick. of them. We have these are a couple hard ones. We have portals from Endgame versus the end credits from Incredibles. Yeah. Uh, Jensen's face is already like okay. Those are so, like when you said it, I'm like that's gonna be the hardest bracket in the world. I'm excited. I like to be pushed. It's tough. Challenged. And then we have binary sunsets from Star Wars versus he's a pirate from Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm also so just excited to the Caribbean listen. I just yes. want to listen to all this. I just I want to be here to witness the music. I just want to listen to I, all of this. At I the same will time. say I didn't put these together. Chat GPT did. Mm-hmm. They did all the brackets. We we did our pick six and then we put them in, in chat GPT. Okay. So we have 24 musical scores head to head. Yeah, it'll be fun. And then we have for the villains bracket, it's uh, Star Wars characters, Marvel characters, Pixar, and Disney. Ooh. It'll be fun. I'm excited. I'm excited too. All right, let's do it. Okay, Jared, do your thing. Goodbye. Thank you so much for streaming this episode of The Fantasy Files. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you're listening and follow us on Instagram at The Fantasy Files Pod. You can also find Skylar at The Theme Park Pro on Instagram and TikTok. Jared is at Jared Covert on Instagram. And I am Queen Latina on TikTok. We'll see you next time. Now get out. I'm sorry that was mean. Please get out.